Welcome to the Impact Investing Podcast from Circa 5000. I'm Matt Latham. And I'm Tommy Gillicuddy. Remember, nothing in this podcast is financial advice, and when investing, your capital is at risk. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode nine. Um, this week, we're talking about, uh, well, we're not talking about climate change. Not allowed. That's the, that's the, uh, the change of tack. So we're talking about impact investing and how it's not all about climate change. Um, you know, we've done the last few episodes on the uh, inflation reduction bill in the US. Um, we've talked about the heatwave special. We've done a lot about how impact investing's about the climate. Um, but there's this whole other side to the world of impact investing, which doesn't have anything to do with climate. Yeah, we mentioned on one of the earliest episodes um, when the audio was a lot uh, worse in terms of quality um, that nearly half of, of, of impact investing and what we invest in is, is not climate. You know, climate is, is very, very popular. It's, very, it's always in the news, especially recently. So it takes a lot of the headlines up. Um, but there's a, there's a whole other world of, uh, of investments in different areas and different themes that, that make up impact investing. It's not just climate related. And so what we wanted to do with this episode is bring you a little bit closer to um, those, those other areas, two main areas, and actually bring you in um, a little bit behind the scenes, really, on two themes that we're currently building, uh, yeah. that we're turning into ETFs that will come out next year, 2023. Um, and those cover the spectrum of non-climate impact um, in two main areas, one being uh, health and well-being, um, and then and that covers a bunch of different areas that we'll go into, uh, and the other one being social and economic empowerment, again, that covers a bunch of different areas that we'll, that we'll go into. Yeah, so I think maybe, maybe we just put into context that as, as you say, Tom, you know the the, the investment market for climate related and carbon related and uh, clean energy and, and sub themes around the climate is plentiful. There's there's a whole host of uh, investment products available that have some sort of climate angle, um, and and but when you look at impact investing, there's there's it splits into two halves really. Yeah. One is the planet area, which mm-hmm. is obviously more closely linked to to climate, and the other is around people. Yeah. And when we're looking at the products that we're developing, and we're looking at um, the the areas that we invest in, these these two areas that we're talking about now fall into that people yeah. category. Yeah. So I also think as we go through these and we and we look at them in more detail, I think a lot of the stories that underpin these themes, the companies that underpin these themes. Um, I think uh, really bring to life impact investing and a, and a really impact investing at its best, you know, because it's immediately impacting the people on the ground and the, and the areas that we cover. Um, and so the, the first thing that we'll talk about is, is, is health and well-being. And what we're trying to do with health and well-being is an overall catch-all theme um, that covers those two, two areas is invest in companies that are ensuring the world's population has access to the basic goods and services required to have a good and healthy life. Um, and they cover uh, the areas of healthcare, nutrition, sanitation, housing, and and care for an aging population as the as the world's population ages. And a few kind of stats that 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 bring the scale of the problem and the scale of the potential solutions and opportunity to life are about half of the global population still isn't covered by essential health services. So that's the healthcare angle. On housing, about 1.6 billion people globally lack access to, to basic shelter 
Um, and 46% of people um, still do not have access to safely managed sanitation. So there's huge problems that underpin this theme that represent huge unmet demand and huge potential for the companies that are providing solutions um, that are potentially profitable and scaling those solutions to solve those problems. Yeah, and, and you know, these, these are the four sub-areas that we're looking at when we're developing this product, health, nutrition, sanitation, housing, Housing and a health and well-being fund mm. isn't necessarily immediately apparent. Yeah, but you know why? Why would that be in there? Tom? Yeah, well, I think well, if you think of it from a from a from a health and well-being angle, um, and we'll perhaps bring out a company a company example in a second. But owning a home, um, owning an affordable home, um, has a hugely positive ripple effect on people's lives and their health and well-being in terms of their potential to. Uh, access good quality education in terms of um, getting themselves out of uh, extreme poverty. And so it's a key health kind of pillar to own a or own or live in a safe uh, uh, and affordable accommodation, whether that's a house or a flat. And a company that, that brings it to life a little bit for us is a company um, that we're looking at for 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 the for the uh, for the new themes that we're building, and it's called LIC Housing Finance, and they're a, they're a company based in uh, in India, and what they do is they they finance the building of um, of affordable homes, often first time homes for 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 young families, and the economic ripple effect that that can have on someone's life is kind of immeasurable once you see it. Things that we take for granted in our day to day lives, like going to a decent school like getting access to decent jobs and a meaningful living yeah. um, in a decent area to live in. We kind of take that for granted by and large in, in, in a lot of countries, but in India, it's still a huge problem. And so if you look at the kind of the, the Indian um, property market, housing market, there's still a shortage of about 74 million units in that country. Yeah. And so there's a huge problem and it represents a huge opportunity for a company like LIC to plug that gap. Yeah. And, and, and during the time that they've been operating, they've, they've worked with or worked to house 2.5 million families. And that's what they've served during their time. So that's how you can see a company which is undoubtedly set up to achieve a clear impact aim, provide or at least provide the financing for affordable homes in a, in a country with um, a population that really needs it. And you can also see the return angle to that company because yeah. the problem is huge. And if they do what they do well and they repeat that and scale it, then there's a chance to earn outsized returns versus the market. Yeah. And just going back to the the, the first theme that we mentioned, health. Yeah. So, you know, obviously there's a there's an obvious impact case to investing in healthcare. Yeah. Um, you know, health access to health services and products is a is a basic human right. Mm. Uh as 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 said by the UN. Um and obviously improving people's health uh has a massive effect yeah. in terms of their ability to work the quality of their life and their ability to improve their own and their family's economic situation. So the general idea of, yeah. of investing in health is obvious from a, from a, um, impact point of view, but are there any caveats to that in terms of yeah. why we wouldn't consider certain areas of healthcare in I, this fund? I think healthcare is the area with, 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 uh, with some of the biggest caveats, I think, because I think when some people think about healthcare, they think about the traditional big pharmaceutical companies. Um, but what we're trying to do with healthcare and the other themes, to be to, to be to be honest, is look at who they're serving. What is the population? What are the types of people that the products and services they're producing are are are, are serving? Um, so underserved populations is the key for us when we're looking at all these companies. And so we'll try and avoid the traditional big pharma that are doing the obvious things, and we'll try and look towards 
healthcare companies that are that are serving underserved populations, um, looking at drugs that haven't been looked at by big pharma because there's no immediate profitable opportunity to, to to create a drug and a solution, um, and look at diseases um, that are often overlooked because um, profit motive, population demographics motive, and so that's the ideal holy grail for us is looking at companies that are doing that versus just the traditional big pharma, which really doesn't move the needle for us from an investing perspective for us yeah. or our customers. They also represent huge opportunities because those areas are like the housing example in India, often overlooked. Yeah. And so the overlooked areas represent potential for great financial return if there's a solution that's found that's scalable. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the companies we're looking at, I'll just I'll just mention now and, and there's not sometimes there's a bit of a debate that has to happen in terms of mm. can we can we get comfortable with with something. And as I say, this is a this is a work in progress. We're talking about we're talking about things that we're looking at right now. So important to say that none of the companies we're looking at are a, yeah. we're not recommending you go away and find the stock and buy it. But <laughs> you think you struggle finding access to the Indian stock exchanges? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this company is called ALK, listed on the Danish stock market. Mm. Um, and their business has been around for a long time, since 1923. But they develop um, treatments for allergies. Right. So they, they have treatments that cover the, the most common allergies that people suffer with things like grass pollen dust those type of things mm. um you know they're they're a they're a relatively large company uh, valued at three and a half billion pound mm. um and to, you know they, they 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 make a lot of money as well you know they have 450 million pounds of annual revenue serve over two million people who are who are using their treatments the issue uh where you might want to sort of say that this is not necessarily a uh, the strongest, strongest, strongest impact cases. It's a developed market company right. servicing predominantly developed markets mm. in terms of they're a Danish company. Their main market is Europe. After that, it's sort of Japan, USA. Yeah. Um, but they're also not, um, you know, if you do some rough maths on their finances, it basically costs the average customer about £17 a month to have their, their treatment. Right. And they're also looking into areas like food allergies, like peanut allergies, which are obviously right. like a huge issue for yeah. those people that have them. So, you know, if you're if you're if you're an individual that's severely, you know, is life is 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 put into severe detriment by the fact that you have a severe allergy to something, seventeen pound a month to, on average, yeah. to get you back on back on track is is yeah. is, is is an undeniable positive impact. So, yeah. you know, these companies that we that we're looking at. You have to not just look at the top level of of what they do on the tin. You have to look at where they're based, what what, what customers they serve, how they price, you know, how 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 aggressively they are going after yeah. profit. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is a company with a sort of like five six percent net profit margin. They're right. not. They're not. They're not. Uh, yeah. In it just for just for uh, making as maximum profit. Clearly, are they they're trying to? They're trying to. But at the same impact. token. You know, go back to the, the basic case for just investing. Yeah, you want to pay, you want to invest in a company that is sustainable in the mm. sense that it can continue to finance itself. So, yeah. you know, the, the, there's interesting companies out there, and there's not always clear cut. But yes, you have to weigh the positives and the negatives. Yeah, sometimes it's really really easy. Sometimes it's really really clear cut. Even in those examples, what we're trying to do with every single company that goes into the themes in which we'll create is way up the net positive impact of those companies. And part of that goes into the populations they serve. But just because they served, you know, uh, wealthier demographics in, in wealthier countries doesn't rule them out. Yeah. We just need to look at the totality of what they do. And then 
almost we score that and create like an impact score per, per company. And what we're trying to invest in is the companies with the best impact score and that the populations they serve in the countries that they do um, and how much impact that enables the company to have goes into that score. And so if it comes out of that still scoring exceptionally highly, yeah. then it still has merit to invest in from an impact investing perspective. Yeah. Do you want to talk a bit more about the other the other areas within this this theme? So we talked about health. We've talked about housing. Yeah. The two within this this theme that we're looking at bundling together. Yeah. Under health and well-being are nutrition yeah. and sanitation. Yeah. So. Yeah. So nutrition. I would say that we we're not just trying to invest in any company that that sells food. So you probably won't find Tesco in a in, in the nutrition area of yeah. our theme, but we're trying to find companies that are. Clearly taking strides forward in helping the, the the global populations, especially underserved populations, have rich and nutritious diets, which is which is a key marker for for, for health and healthy societies. Um, and so you won't just find, unlike some funds that are created that are more of an ESG style fund, which we've seen um, and we've discussed in the past, that that they would perhaps have more generic and anything food companies in there. We're trying to find the best in class um, that produce specific uh, specific solutions to specific problems that that provide the most meaningful impact in that area. Yeah. So one of the companies we've been looking at there is a company called Midsona, um, Swedish company. I mean, it is a proper health food company. Yeah. Does it, health foods only, organic, plant-based, and does like lactose and gluten-free uh, food as well. Um, about three hundred million pound in revenue, eight hundred employees. Um, again, seventy percent of their business is across the Nordics. They yeah. service those markets predominantly, but they have some real stretchy impact targets for themselves. Yeah. So um, by 2030, they want 100% of the products that they develop and sell to be vegetarian or plant-based. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're already at 91%. Right. So you know they're already showing clear intention on that target as yeah. well. It's not just a meaningless target. And they also want 100% of their transport in the Nordics to be fossil fuel free by 2025, mm. which is, you know, we're only a couple of years away from that. Yeah. So again, if you look at, it's not just looking at the products, which I think are clearly in the right bracket for a nutrition theme, but it's also looking at the whether the company is attempting to be a proper impact company in its yeah. own right. Yep. And this this company, in my view, again, with just the, 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 the high-level research stage that we're at now, sort of ticks those boxes. Mm. I think the... Um I think the, the the final the final sub theme within that, within health and wellbeing to mention is 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 sanitation. Just just briefly, I think with with sanitation, it'd be very very easy to flood that area with just clean energy companies in, in emerging markets. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, in developed markets. Um, but yeah. the fo- the focus for us is personal and household hygiene, but with a skew to emerging market populations, not yeah. just developed market, because that's where the most additionality and the most impact will come is by serving those populations again. So it's very, it'd be very, very easy if you just take the headline of any of those sub-themes, you could skew them very, very easily by, by doing not that much work and putting them in uh, developed market countries that are very, very easy to, to uh, analyze and understand. But the real impact and the real opportunity from a return perspective comes in identifying uh, companies Across across geographies uh, and across the spectrum of size as well. Yeah, and there's a practical point to this as well, which is you know you, you were saying there you could easily stock this with just utility companies basically yeah. and water companies, but and and there's a lot of big water companies listed on developed market exchanges where they're very easy to analyze. Yeah, they report everything in English. They do very very in depth um, you know impact and ESG reporting and 
it's a very easy way of of giving you the basic sell on why it's generally a good thing. Yeah. Um, but they're just they're just a utility company. They're not actually doing anything to develop things. But the, yeah. the, the practical challenge is that some of the most impactful companies are in markets where the information's not necessarily easily accessible. Yeah. And you know, there's basic challenges like translation and just access to to websites in different jurisdictions and yeah. things like that. Yeah. I think it's a good uh, a good opportunity to move on to the the second the second mm-hmm. overall theme that's that's uh that's in the in the people area of impact investing that, that, that as we see it and that's social and economic empowerment. And what we're looking for here is companies that create equal social and economic opportunities for all subsets of society whilst progressing human development, again, looking at underserved populations and looking at uh, companies that address equality of opportunity around the world. Uh, there's a few There's a few key areas in which we're looking at. One is social inclusion, um, looking at areas of social mobility and diversity and inclusion. The other one is economic empowerment. So education companies, financial inclusion, um, access to economic infrastructure. And the third one is in the area of, of tech and innovation. So using technology to benefit those communities and give them access to to some of the things that we take for granted in our, in our day-to-day lives. A couple of big stats that bring it together uh, and shed a little bit of light on the size of the, the opportunity is um, globally still about a third of adults are still unbanked. So one of those areas is financial inclusion, looking for banks that are addressing that in, in certain demographics in certain countries, really important. Um, 258 million children globally, that's 17% of the global total, do not attend school. That's the education uh, angle. And a final one would be internet. Um, 63% of the world have access to it, the internet at the moment. Um, and so there's a huge portion of the of the globe that still, that still don't. And so we're looking for companies that are extending that out globally because you think about the economic empowerment you get from accessing simple services um, online that we take for granted. It can have a hugely transformative uh, impact on people's day-to-day lives. Yeah. I mean, just think about how different your life would be okay we live in a, we live in in the uk but if you didn't have a bank account you didn't have access to the internet yeah yeah so <laughs> it's huge these i think these this particular theme is some of the some great stories to bring out um and some companies examples one which before we started looking into this i wouldn't have considered an impact company yeah. is uh is duolingo um and that they're, they're obviously the the uh the um the language learning um, uh, app, the language learning website that help people um, learn languages around the world. And what they realized when they released their product is, it sounds simple saying it now, but the most common language to learn in any given country was the language of that country. And what they realized was the people using their product um, were immigrants and refugees that were new to the country that were trying to uh, get up to speed with the language and take part in society, trying to get employment, trying to get a job, trying to make something of themselves. So that is that forms the bedrock of their offering. They've got some amazing stories um, on their on their website in their in their impact reports uh, of customers of theirs. Um, really heartwarming examples of refugees that have turned up to countries, used Duolingo to then take part in society properly. And so that is a con- a, a great example, one that I like, which was. You wouldn't normally think of them as an impact business. Yeah. When you look behind the hood and you do the analysis, they are because of who they're serving and the product that they have. Yeah, and it's another it's another great example of where technologies come in and can A scale something so exactly, so yeah. rapidly, yeah. but B just open up access. Yeah. I mean, if you think about pre internet, what would you have to do to learn a language? Yeah. You'd have to go and pay someone yeah. by the you know, by the hour to sit and instruct you face to face personally. Yeah. Whereas Duolingo is a you know, it's it's basically like playing a a video game. It's a, it's a gamified way of yeah. very rapidly learning. Well, at least the basics of a language. Yeah. But you know, if you if you are 
if you're in a new country, what 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 a great addition to the way that you can yeah. you know empower yourself to do that. Yeah, so, amazing. And then on the economic empowerment side of things, where you know we, we mentioned about financial inclusion, we mentioned about access to to banking services and financial services effectively. You know, one of the companies that we're looking at there is is not as well known as Duolingo. It's it's called ASA International and it's a microfinance company. Mm. And, and you know, for those that don't know, microfinance is basically what it says on the tin. It's small loans, normally to individuals, majority of of, of whom over women, in uh, developing markets in order for them to set up businesses or help run businesses. So this this company ASA International does exactly that. They back mostly female entrepreneurs with micro loans in countries like India, Pakistan, uh, Sri Lanka, Nigeria, Ghana, Tanzania, Philippines, Bangladesh. Um, two and a half million customers. Mm. Um, they've lent about well, they have an outstanding loan book of about four hundred million dollars, but they actually lend about double that a year mm. because they normally short term in in nature the loans. They're listed on the London Stock Exchange, so they're technically right. a UK company, although based majority of their operations in, in Amsterdam. And the other interesting thing here is that not only not only do they give access to the 2.5 million people, but they also directly employ about 13,000, 14,000 people in those places. So right. it's almost like a double impact, yep. which is that, you know they're lending the money to help those people grow their businesses and as a result, they're also employing people in those places to facilitate the, the lending of the of, of the money as well. Yeah, it's a uh, it's fascinating. And on on uh, on that company specifically, they're a smaller cap company, right? They're, yeah. they're normally, what, what 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 we what we aren't able to do as much as we'd love to in these themes and these ETFs that we're creating is investing in these kinds of companies that are smaller because the impact is much greater. Our, our idea is to get as many of them as we can in, but we need to ensure that the, 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 the product that you're buying, that you're investing in is, is liquid and you can get your money in and out of it as quickly as possible. Um, and so we have to balance the, the idea of investing in these big impact businesses yeah. with some of these smaller, more interesting impact businesses that are very, very pure from an impact perspective yeah. and offer great return opportunities. But we need to balance those too. So it'd be great if we can get some of those in. And sometimes we can't just because they're too small. Yeah, and, that, and, that's, and that's where as, a, as an impact investor who's an individual trying to make money for themselves in the long run, mm-hmm. you have to have more consideration than just the pure play impact. You have to have, things have to stack up as a proper... Uh, sensible investment for you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's a that's a bit of an insight into a work in progress, which is two themes that we are trying to develop for yeah. circa five thousand. I think I'll try and attempt to do some sort of disclaimer here, just to say <laughs> that a these are a these are themes that are work in progress. These are not funds that are available to buy. It's not any offer to come and invest in anything. Yeah from you it's just an insight into the fund construction progress process and some of the conversations we have around the appropriateness of companies to include exclude those type of things yeah um none of the companies that we've mentioned we're recommending that you go and try and buy on a stock exchange or through a brokerage account and uh you know that's those 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 type of investments come with risk so uh but hopefully that's been interesting and useful for people to hear how we go about constructing some of the investment themes that we work on. Yeah. 
important to important to remember all those all those all those disclaimers um very very important we're not we're not we're not uh, recommending or talking about companies because we're encouraging stock picking we're just trying to bring those themes to life but i think the companies that underpin these two areas and these two themes are really exciting and the human story that underpins them is really inspiring and brings impact investing to life yeah and ultimately we're looking to create baskets across those themes yeah. so we're looking to create baskets of 30 40 50 60 70 yeah. companies depending on the theme so um yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you very much. Impact Investing from Circa 5000. Thank you for listening to Impact Investing, a podcast brought to you by Circa 5000. Remember, when investing, your capital is at risk, and this podcast is not financial advice. If you like what you hear, then please remember to like, subscribe, and share the podcast.